What up, what up, world? It's your boy OS, and this is the Core Culture Podcast. We're back at it again. It is May 15th. This would be the second show of May. It's already done. I can't believe it, man. We've gotten this far. We got a lot to talk about this show. Got some changes coming up that I'm going to share with you guys in a little bit. Plus, I've got one of the biggest changes to the show coming on right now. We're going to talk about it here. Zero Chill Media, Core Culture Podcasts, is ready to bring on a second co-host. That's right. Did you hear me? We I said second co-host. That's right. We're going to have the triple nipple. I believe that's what everybody agreed on. It's going to be fucking amazing. That is our new and second co-host. His name is Frankie Covers. What up, man? What's up, Core Culture Podcast family? We outside, we inside, we over and under. It is a pleasure to be here amongst like-minded spirits. I appreciate you guys so much. I love you like brothers. I'm ready to go in. Let's do this. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Special special applause here for uh, the homie, man. Let's give a special applause, everybody. Yes, thank you, thank you. You guys are amazing. Uh, Frankie's going to be a great addition to the show. Um, it's going to bring uh, another facet of hip-hop knowledge that, that we we already have, but we're just adding. It's like we're like building all these layers of just amazingness, and now we're all stacked together in this little three-piece it's a soup. Um, I want to say this too. Uh, uh, it's a three-piece chicken dinner. It's a th- exactly <laughs> the three-piece chicken dinner. I'll take it. Let's go. Um, so yeah, everybody, um, that is the biggest change that's coming to the show this year. 22, uh, we're expanding, man. So it's going to be a trio now moving forward. Core Culture Podcast. It's the boy NOS, the homie Yo, and of course... The homie Frankie hovers. Gentlemen, gentlemen, can I jump in here real quick? I want to do a toast with you guys. For those who are non-visual right now, I'm holding up a Saki Supreme. He's my my, my red cup. There you go. Red cup, double cups, holding it down. Big yo. He's got got his brain thinker on. We're going to do this. Ready? Cheers, brothers. To the core culture. Blessed. Blessed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really wanted to get that shit uh, going, man. Yes, bro. Well, shit, let's, uh, let's get it going, man. This week, we've got a crap ton to talk about. If you were asleep last night at about 9 o'clock, then you missed an amazing, amazing versus, okay? I'm going to just say it like that. If you guys weren't awake yesterday at 9 o'clock or watching some fucking uh, verses, then you missed it. Uh, we got to see Onyx versus uh, Cypress Hill. And let me start off like this. I'm going to start with uh, the critique hour, right? We'll call it that. Because I just want to like really take a look at um, the two groups, you know, separately, but then how they matched up against each other, right? There was a lot of things that were pretty apparent right away, right? Um, Onyx did not have as large a catalog as Cypress Hill. Um, a lot of the consensus across the uh, Twitterverse, the internets, and everywhere else that people were talking about. Uh, the match, everybody said Cypress just has a bigger catalog, which is probably why they could have kept going and dropped even more shit. And then eventually, you know, Onyx would have ran out. Um, that's the only big critique that I had. I feel like if Onyx would have had more music, they may have been able to fight him a little further. I think it would have been a better, better battle altogether. 
You know what I'm saying? Um, although I will say this about Onyx, uh, best energy for the night. You know what I'm saying? They had the best energy. They had the crowd going. Everybody was like in tune. You had people just screaming. You could hear it throughout the show. Um, but that's how I want to start off, man. W what did you guys think? Uh, that like, Let's start off with just the first part and what you thought about the matchup first. Go ahead, newcomer. <laughs> newcomer. Well, well, I mean, to be fair, I did miss a lot of the show. Um, I kind of came in for the last set. I only got to see Onyx rip. Uh, but I will say my number one takeaway was how damn healthy these guys look for being in their probably yeah. 50s now. They were looking pretty damn healthy. They were ripping their sets. Nobody was out of look breath. Nobody had beer belly and dysent, dysent, what is it, dysentery or what do they call that? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, they were killing yeah. it out there. So like these dudes weren't looking crusty. They were looking right. like, you know, they were still in shape. They were still in good health. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They they were they were still put together. I was shocked, you know, I was shocked by that. Now, one thing I did, another takeaway I got, you know, again, I just came in at the end there, but I noticed there wasn't a live band. Was I was did I miss anything? There was. Like with Cypress Hill, they had a um bubble on the drums. Okay. Okay. Uh, that shit live for a lot of it. Damn. It's hard to interrupt. Uh, Regal Star is fifty-one. Fifty-one. He wow. looks great. Yeah. This guy. This guy looks as. This guy looks as good as he ever did. I mean, good big ups, Fredro. Bro, yeah, let's it, let's put it, let's put it into perspective though. These guys were making music back when we were teenagers. Okay. Um, we're talking the nineties here. So for all you young cats that are listening live tonight. You don't know about the 90s, you should probably go back, look up this group, Onyx, look up Cypress Hill, and it'll make a crap ton more sense. Although right now, we can still talk about, you know, uh, the battle itself. So we both think, I mean, we all figured that there had to be, um, you know, something that would have held it or or created um, that feel, right? Uh, what songs that they played uh, stood out for you guys? For me, it was... Um, uh, throw your hands in the air. You know what I'm saying with the uh, um, with with the uh, Cypress Hill, and then of course, um, uh, the Evil Streets track by Onyx uh, stood out for me. Um, you could hear the crowd uh, uh, really getting into it at that point because they were like, "Holy shit, yeah, I remember this track or whatever." You know, and you know what the funny part about it is too. I I, I pointed this out last night that I seen that um, you know, you looked at the crowd and it was like like thirty. It was the 30-year-olds, you know what I'm saying? Like the early millennials all the way up to, you know, our generation X. Everybody just kind of hanging out, mixed in together. You could tell. Because I didn't really see that many young kids there. I mean, I um, was procrastinating and didn't get to start watching it right away. You uh, assisted me with that. Thank you, sir. I yes, appreciate yes, it. I, did, I didn't want to miss it. I did get a chance this to watch it. Uh, guys, it's freaking awesome. Yeah, you watched the whole thing. It was awesome. I got to miss a, a little bit of the front but um i'm glad i got to see some if, if you guys didn't get to see it i suggest you go check it out it's definitely a moment in hip-hop um i mean it was you love hip -hop, only it was only two dollars and 99 cents so well that's if you sign up for their yeah their yeah you do that ongoing. Thing. I, mean, I don't know bro 2.99 i watched that one and you know maybe if uh in the future they put another dope show i've already got the fucking hookup and i don't have to worry about it you know, well, I think it's like a, a monthly thing. Do so you want to check on that? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I will. If anything, I can always like cancel it and then I'll resubscribe. I think it was a, a one time fee of twenty nine ninety nine. So that's like, uh, let me start looking up and see where I can find it for free. But um, <laughs> we 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 got it done, and um, I'm glad I got to see what it was like. It was definitely a good hype show, and of course, Onyx is going to bring the majority of the hype. And um, you know, they were hyped up. Uh, I think uh, stage, and that's that's what we expected. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. did. They delivered on exactly what we had hoped and expected, and and I couldn't have asked for anything better. They literally gave us the show we wanted as fans. I wish I could have been there because it. I swear, if anybody was there, it was like it was in the nineties. I mean, the the energy, the um, the youthfulness, the the delivery, everything on the on the songs. There was nothing lacking at, at all. It was a good night show. Frankie got to see the tail end of the two most popular songs, uh, Insane and The Membrane. I knew they were going to leave that to the end. That's their oh. biggest song. And then Slam for yeah. Onyx. I mean, both of those songs made a huge impact in all of our lives. And um, I'm a big fan of both groups. And when you mentioned about the catalog and everything, you know, we know there's a lot that goes into the music business and a lot of moving parts and who knows what, you know, how everything's going to work. It, what's going to really guarantee this longevity. Um, I don't know why Onyx didn't make more, but they did make a quite, quite a bit. Let's not take away from them. It's just Cypress is just uh, one of those groups that is, uh, there is no other group like Cypress. I mean, there's no other group like Onyx. Don't get me wrong. It was awesome that they put these two together, but, and it was a good matchup, actually. I thought it was going to be more Cypress. It actually wasn't as you know, uh, unleveled as you would think. Uh, Onyx brought it. It was a dope show. Uh, yes, if you were to stack up all their songs together, I think Cypress is going to get them, but um, it didn't feel that way last night. That show was dope. It was nice and balanced, and they, it yeah. was good entertainment for hip-hop. Um, so big ups to hip-hop. Yeah, man. Shout out to... Go ahead before I keep talking. No, <laughs> shout out to Versus and Triller, man, for putting it on. I mean... Uh, yeah. Over all the years, I mean, think about um, all the times. I mean, I've wanted to see these groups live for years. Um, I got a virtual uh, concert. If that made a difference, um, it, it was good enough for me. Like, I would have showed up for that. Um, I'm a little. Sad. I enjoy watching it with you, Nas. And yeah, yeah. At the end. I, I know that shit was fun last night. Like, it was like you know, it's like we would have went to sorta. Uh, we went. We went to the concert virtually, which was the 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 main piece that we're gonna take away from it because a lot metaverse. has changed the metaverse yeah dude <laughs> hey if they do one where you gotta have like the vr vr headset on and you look around and you're actually seeing the other people right, that are there come on. then then it's gonna be where it's at because imagine see, imagine imagine hitting a button and you're on stage with the group and they hit another button and you're you know like you just tap your control and you're at, you're in the crowd you're in the front row tap exactly. your control again you're you're you know yeah. jumping up and down with them that'd be wild that'd be pretty wild yeah i'm sure these 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 guys already have that shit planned where you have to pay certain levels just like you would. And you get had to pay another extra to hit VIP. Now you're back with Snoop burning, you know? Hell yeah, who wouldn't want that? Even in the in the metaverse. <laughs> Even if you it was I mean, a fake it, character. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Uh, I think that um, pe they've been pushing this envelope for a while, though, right? Like, they started off with the AR shit, right? And they started having that. And you have these little overlays everywhere. And um, even before the AR stuff that started on the phones, I mean, remember Google? They had the Google Glass. You remember that? And it was that little visor, oh, yeah. and it came 
it like had the little screen right for your eye and you would have your your messages yeah. and your, your all your shit there but then that fell off because people thought it was creepy because there was a camera and blah 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 it didn't do too good right so like flash forward now to 22 and everybody's like uh we need this shit now you know what i mean before it was like oh no 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 we don't want it now everybody wants it and it kind of slowed down the progress i think like i think we would have been like further along with this kind of stuff like we're like just think if we would have had all this technology already how dope would 2020 have been instead of this fucking like evil horrible fucking plague thing you know what i mean like we all would have been at home we would have had the vr headsets on we're still chilling you know what i'm saying <laughs> i think I don't overall know. i think overall it's a powerful thing imagine if you could go back in time and capture woodstock in virtual reality and be able to oh. walk through the crowd or be on the stage while Santana's playing, you know, backstage yeah, talking with one of the groupies, you know, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a wild, a wild world that our, our children live in. And we got to think, too, Cypress Hill being like a festival artist, you know, above Onyx, like I'm trying to just compare the two in my head, you know, <laughs> Onyx being a little more street level uh, where Cypress Hill transcending to festival artists, you know, and we got to also give credit where credit's due, both artists. Cypress Hill and uh, Onyx were able to transcend race. You have a, a African, a black, you know, African American group out of New York who comes mm. out with Slam and works with, I believe it was Anthrax to make the remix, a heavy metal group. So now they oh, transcend yeah. uh -huh. into the white audiences, right? And then Cypress Hill did that effort effortlessly with their LA meets New York and cannabis vibes. They yeah, had yeah, yeah. they had white people, Spanish people, black every every race in the book is a fan of both of these groups. You know, very hard to do in those times, in my opinion. You know, I don't know. Yeah, man, of course. I agree with you there. Yeah, it's a diversity thing, right? Like, how many people can you just like like put together that is gonna make an impact on, you know, what you're gonna listen to or what you're gonna watch or 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 dress like? You know what I'm saying? I mean, think about that part, right? Like the whole um you know, clothing and everything that came out of that, all that shit, that Onyx face that they had, the Cypress Hill stuff, the Dr. Green Thumb. I mean, uh, wow. uh, wow, yeah, he yeah. real has, uh, he's got, he's got his, um, dispensaries under the Dr. Green Thumb and it started with a song, right? Uh, he's opened up his podcast, the Dr. Green Thumb show, which is freaking amazing. I watch it every once in a while because he's really gets some really dope interviews in there. A lot of great guys that come out, dope 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 people um you know he even brought back dj mugs right uh, his original dj from the cypress hill days brought him back on um i mean just like you know shit like that that you see now onyx on the other hand i mean this is why i say it was going to be a tough battle for them um you didn't really see or hear about onyx uh doing much shit right like they weren't like you know they're not going to be on social media chilling giving everybody everything you know they're not going to be out there <laughs> they're not going to be out there you know doing a bunch of different shit my whole point is that like you've got this world out there that they weren't really transitioning towards right they were more of like you said the street level like they were going to be doing their thing it's not really going to be something that we would have done right then a while back i said look you know when i, I seen the verses i was like this is going to be a, a a crutch for them for sure because uh, Cypress has continued to be in the public eye a lot more and more people that tuned in to that style of music or kind of thing would have came out from them. That's all I'm going to say, because I think it just Good. makes Stop saying. 
whatever. Saying too much. Come on. <laughs> whatever. Listen, uh, it makes a difference on on like the whole crowd and who shows up. So, you know. Well, I was gonna ask you what what was to happen with uh, mugs. You probably know. <clears throat> I don't know. It was kind of weird. They just kind of fell off. Like uh, they they were working a lot together. And then I don't know. I didn't see really. I didn't see DJ Mugs there doing the doing the DJ. No, he wasn't there, and I know he's doing he's doing stuff because I follow him. Um, but I don't see them really working together, and I was just wondering why. Uh, and I, he's I, he's still in the game doing his thing. I was wondering, you know, what's going on because he's a very talented dude. I mean, he's he's the reason why they had the sound that they had all those years of that. Of course, I, I love Black Sunday. Um, yeah. That sound and that whole entire album, beginning to end. Um, the uh, Soul Assassins, you know, all, all this stuff uh, had the sound that Muggs brought that no one else had. And it was kind of like, I don't know, like army-like fantasy. I, I don't know how to explain it. It was just put you in a zone. Like we were talking about albums. Albums back in the day, an album to a hip-hop head from the 90s yeah, was supposed to take you somewhere. It yeah. was supposed to put you on a journey. And like a movie, you put that thing from the beginning to end, you forgot all your troubles. That's what I love about cinema. That's what I love about music. It takes you somewhere, puts you on a journey. If your album doesn't give you that, if it, it's not a whole package, yes, uh, yes. you're lacking. Yo, you're Lonnie, lacking. Yo, and, uh, you, I got to agree with you on that, brother. That album was almost psychedelic. There were, I don't know. Exactly. Don't know how, how, it was you like know, psychedelic. You it could took listen. you on a trip. Yes, yes. Like there was literally a song I remember where I listened to it sober and it was great, right? It was a good song, good song. I listened to it after I smoked and there were things there I never heard. And it's I remember an interview years ago with Cypress Hill and, and Muggs was interviewed. And Muggs talked about how he would pull certain sounds, samples, and frequencies purposely tuned to mess with the cannabis user. You know, and I experienced things in the album that were spiritual and sound awakenings. And it was just this, you know, kind of now you go on YouTube and you type in, you know, frequency and yoga music and you hear like, listen to 458 frequency. It'll make you happy and listen to 524. It makes you, you know, calm. And but back then, it, all we had was those in-betweens. And so I agree with you there, Yoani, man, that album really took you on a journey from beginning to end very spiritual mind numbing uh body tingling journey uh, on top of all these amazing fucking hits and dope lyrics that these boys were spitting. yeah yeah exactly and then all right so here if you want to know about mugs so what ended up happening was uh cyber still agreed mugs would drop their uh the rise up album right or i'm sorry elephants on fire album from 2018 right apparently that particular album did horribly okay i'm talking about horribly and after that, they just kind of split up. They, you know, they let go uh, of mugs. Yo, Nas, have you heard of a group yeah. called uh, Deontward? Deontward? Mm. Okay. Okay. So they got a little bit of a beef with Eminem. They're a South African group, right? The white South Africans, okay? They have a, right, right. a female in it named Yolandi Vesser, and the male rapper is uh, Ninja, and they have a DJ... Uh, DJ, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's like he's, he's a weird enigma of a character. They uh -huh. actually have some ties to DJ Muggs. Uh, and the reason I bring that up is because Yoani was questioning, like, why did he why did he fall off? You know, like not fall off. That's a bad word. But why did he disconnect from Cyprus? And I think there was sort of this uh, musical journey. You know, Cypress Hill started to find the festival 
They started to find the live performance, right? Uh, at this point, they could rely on live band members. So they were kind of just reusing what they had for many years. What does a guy like DJ Muggs do in an era where every hip hop show is now with a live band backing them? You know, you retract and you go, you know what? Let me feed other energies, you know, some music, I think. So I think there's that. that's an interesting, that would be an interesting thing to travel back and say, you know, where did DJ Muggs go and what is his, what is Cypress Hills? Jeez. Where where are Cypress Hills babies? Right. Can you imagine if they got together and brought out another album? That shit would be fire. That shit would. So you think no one? Send dog. Send dog's kind of a. Mugs, sorry, Nas. Go ahead, brother. My bad. I'm bad, bro. But I'm just saying though. You think if Mugs comes back, grabs Send Dog, grabs Be Real, and says, "Look, I've got a ten track album. I'm ready to go right now. The shit is all fire. Let's go." Would it have made a difference now? I, I really don't think so. What are you talking about? Because I think I think, think, Sen, I think Sen still- Dog is is very anti Cypress Hill, man, in my opinion. You know, he's always Why? been the anti Cypress Hill member. He's always worked on his Why? own separately, you know. I, I don't know, man. I saw this interview recently with him. And he just talked about how he w- he was kind of just like, you know, eh, about it. And I was kind of shocked. I was like, wow, Sen, like. You know, don't I mean, get me but wrong. Like, think about it. Look, 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 look at the uh, performance they put on last night, though, is my point. Like, he was still out there killing it with them. You know what I'm saying? Still putting he, out his shit. He knew that shit was huge. You know? Last night was huge. Huge for hip-hop, huge for Cypress Hill. He knew his ass should have been there. I think Muggs should have been there. But, you I know. really think Muggs should have been there, too. I mean, I, I would have liked Muggs as the DJ. I would have rather had him. Uh, maybe you would have had some of the original scratching being done. You know, shit like that. Things that would have stood out for... Uh, just him being there because he deserves to be there. He deserves to be recognized and praised like the rest, you know, what, even if he was just standing there. But um, anyway, um, it's funny how when you don't know a story, you automatically want to plug in a story yeah. and you start assuming shit. Yeah. And uh, I don't know any of their story. I haven't looked up shit, but um, I'm just assuming because I don't know. I, ve- I read people and I don't know them in person to read them like that. I just read what I see on the TV other yeah. energy or whatever. So I'm going to just say makeup. The send dog is more of these, um, you know, I don't think he's the, he's, he, you know, in a, in a, in the weight, whoever holds weight in the group, he's not one of the ones that hold weight. He, he's the guy at the bottom. So he's going to be more uh, uh, going along about what the other ones do or say, because he knows he ain't got much to stand on. You know what I mean? He's the hype man. He's the backup. Uh, then there's be real he's the main dude he's the dude he without be real there's nothing his voice is the shit the second you fucking hear it it's like listening to andre 3000's voice there's something about these guys voices they were gifted with a beautiful voice just like now, snoop now let when me jump say, let me let me jump in on that Joanna. do you know the true story behind the voice no go ahead school us <laughs> we're so pleasured to have you with I'm us i'm sorry it's just i Big just get, i get hyped <laughs> professor professor never it's in all the right. building now, you know, there's there's actually a story to the voice. Uh, if I don't know if you get a chance, man, but after we jump off, right, go check out the Drink Champs podcast with Cypress Hill. It's one of those beautiful moments because we're all talking about them being together again. And in that episode, watch it real tonight. in that episode, they were together again, you know. So it was one of those things where in the episode they talked about the voice and they originally originally the voice 
was not what you hear today for, from both of them. They were both doing a normal hip hop cadence. They came in with a normal voice. It wasn't until they fooled around on one of their tracks and try to make their voices funny and different that people actually paid attention. So from that point out, they were like, hey, you know what? This is what's going to go down. And we're going to we're going to wrap in this. Na- you know, you're going to be the nasal up high, you know, give me the rock when I smoke Pana Blunt. And, and you're going to be down here, puffing on the blunt, you know, and they, you know, kind of like if you so think about beautiful. it, very, very beautiful. public enemy. Like you got Flavor Flav, you know what? And Chuck D, right. You know, they were pulling some. Now energy. that you say it, now that you say it, it makes a lot of sense. It kind of like a click the light bulb in my head. Um, it, it, it's funny how this, these simple, it's how they do it in the movies. They put these simple formulas together and you're like, why do they keep doing these damn formulas? Why, why can't they just come up with something new? But they like to stick with what works. You know what I mean? Thanks. And they know what they want to get paid. And um, they got these same formulas of music. And um, I mean, obviously different, but this, sorry if you hear dogs barking. I live with a lot of dogs, but uh, anyway, uh, the um, in music, I guess you do. You see that you have the high, you have the low, you have the just like in a sound, you have the the high, the low. So uh, you start here seeing these acts, and they want to they want to label you, they want to box you, they want to separate you, and then they want to um, say put you form you into their formula, fit pick yep. you fit into their agenda. But um, this one in particular, and it does it, it works. I loved his voice like that high nasally. I love Scent Dog's low voice deep hard he's the i mean that just seems like it's the way it's supposed to be like the universe <laughs> work if it didn't but uh the um the other ones that came to mind when we were talking about it was fucking uh mr cheeks and um that dude uh i just had a name on the tip of my tongue you know he's he got the the low and he's the backup the you know he but he had that real low voice uh uh i can't think of his name when it come to be uh, freaky tie. Um, Itai, there so, <laughs> so then you got, uh, like you said, all, all these other acts you start thinking, and you have Buster Rhymes and um, what's his name? So and then you got uh, same. I mean, you know, you got these people that they, they sound good with the backup. It works. And then when you have that high low, it's even better because there's a contrast. Um, so anyway, just aside that I love that. That it, it is, it made the group awesome. And you had the DJ that had the sound. It all was a trifecta. I mean, it was, you know, it 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 worked. And and then when you add the trifecta we have here today, ladies, <laughs> exactly this trifecta right here, this trifecta right here is magic. Like we're gonna need an hour and a half here. I don't know. We're gonna have to keep trying to cut each other off. We're not gonna ever talk about any. We're not ever gonna talk about what we really wanted to talk about because we just keep talking about what nah, you know, man, comes to mind. Listen, here, here, here's something else. Did you know that May 9th is now uh, Ghostface Killer Day in New York? Oh, wow. 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 Big so up. he just so threw that in Ghostface. Came out. So uh, uh, Ghostface Killer has uh, received his own day in New York. Wow. It is now May 9th is Ghostface Killer Day uh, in New York. Pretty fucking awesome, man. Um, hey, that's pretty bad if you could say today is my day. You know that song? <laughs> I mean, the, the New York oh. City mayor was there. I work hard there. every you know, day. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Uh, that's that's big shit, man, for getting that type of recognition. You know what I mean? Uh, hey, that's big. Your city, a big city. The big, one of the biggest cities on the planet. I mean, even more than it already was, but just fucking cool to know that, like, 
you know, you know who deserves a day? Aim, you know. You know who deserves a day? I love you, uh, uh, Ghostface, but ODB deserves a day before you deserve Ooh, a day. Come wow, on. Does ODB have a day? Interesting. <laughs> ODB deserves a day. The guy's gone and he's a legend. Where's ODB's day? Does, is it, does it exist? Look it up. While you're looking it up, let's go back on the topic. Uh, so then, um, so you got Cypress, one of my favorite groups of all fucking time. You got Onyx, also one of my favorite groups. To me, Onyx, let's talk about Onyx. Let's not, I mean, I was going to talk about a couple things with Cypress, um, but I, I don't want to miss out on uh, Onyx. Cypress, one, yes, the weed. Once they made the decision to say, yo, we're going to promote this plant, um, because I happened to see it on a do- little documentary, and I suggest uh, you watch it. I told Nas, if you haven't seen it already, Frankie, it's uh, called The Grass is Greener on Netflix. Ooh, and, um, I'm an eye on that one. Yep. You need to go check it out. That is not 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 all of y'all need to check it out, not for just weed smokers. This is a lesson on America, a lesson on racism. This is a, a, a little documentary that made an impact on me that I want to go draw a painting about it. Like, uh, I, I suggest for real, go check it out. And it, 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 it parts it'll have little lulls teaching you about pot. It's going to go through the whole thing timeline of America, racism, why we got here. It started out in jazz music with, uh, you know, Mexicans and jazz players, uh, all this stuff, you know, I was learning. So, um, and then it went and transitioned into hip hop. So it, we're all connected to something, something definitely that should have been dis- to be discussed on the show. Um, dealing with hip-hop, dealing with, uh, you know, Cypress and everything. So Cypress is on there saying, yo, you know, we missed out on a lot of opportunities once we just made a decision to choose weed. But look at all the doors that it opened for them. I mean, like you said, it's universal. It's everybody smokes. So it's like uh, it's not just for blacks and Latinos. It's, you know, back back in the day, there was – a lot of blacks and Latinos smoking when it started, but we're talking now, we're talking for decades, people, white people smoke too. And it, and, and, and it crosses borders. It goes, like you said, to the festivals, they're making big cheese. They're getting to travel because it's hard for hip hop artists to travel on these shows because they have trouble with these other hip hop artists and it's not going to bring in the white money like it should with all these pop, you know, shows. So then they bring in all these R and B acts or they do all this stuff with Cypress. They don't even have to worry about it. They are in the show with white central. So uh, they get all that money. Plus they still get the street cred that they had back in the day. They got everything. They got Cypress big ups to Cypress. They, they, they did their things, a celebration on them. Onyx was doing their thing. They fell off, but you know, it happens, but they went far, you know, they did his acting. Both of them did their acting things. They both are uh, multi-platinum. Uh, what I mean, I can keep on going, but they <laughs> they they brought they, they brought this slam music that no one else. Just like you brought it up last night, there's no one that brought that but them. They have deserved the credit. Yeah, they brought has, that slam. Same vibe. I think that's that's what we're we're pointing out on the show today is that like bands put on a show, dude. It's not about like oh, because you listen to the music. Do they put on a show? Do you get a good stage show? Right. That's the thing that I look for. Like when I when I remember we were talking about like people doing shows and all this kind of shit. And I wanted to bring up Rakim and Bilal. 
This dude, oh. the God MC Rakim, is going to be at a Blue Note Jazz Festival. Now, if anybody puts on a dope show, this gentleman right here is the man. All right. I don't know if any of you have ever seen Rakim in, uh, uh, you know, in concert or whatever, but it's fucking amazing. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's fucking amazing because this guy gets everybody in tune. I don't know how he does it, man. It's like every single time I've seen it. I watched some videos, but I was trying to find like something we could all talk about. So I sent you a link, but the whole point is that like this dude is like doing things still one of the original, one of the original MCs before Cypress and all these people were talking about rock him. Way before. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And he's still doing music now. It's 2022. Okay. This man is still putting out music, doing music. Going to a festival, Blue Note, bro. Blue Note's not. Jazz festival. You know what I'm saying? At that. Exactly. But when Jazz has hip hop been a, been amazing? You know what I'm saying? Yo, big shout know, out, gotta, big shout out to the South Bronx. Uh, you know, my man Rakim coming from the BX, for sure. Hell yeah. Is that where you're from? Yeah, my Tell people. Us a are, my people are from, yourself, my right? people are from the Bronx. That's right. <laughs> the book down. <laughs> Yeah, we lived hey, out in the Bronx. Bronx. We did a little uh, Long Island, uh, and then we eventually migrated out here to to La Florida. You know what I'm saying? Oh uh, yeah. So um, you were in Long Island when um, who was? Long Island would have been like EPMD. Would have been like just coming out. It would have been okay. <sighs> trying to think of who else. Maybe like Special Ed. You know, we're talking yeah. like mid '80s, '86. I left you out know, of there. I happened to um, headed over here. Happened to bring up the name yesterday of Special Ed. What did you think about both of y'all about Special Ed? I love Special Ed, man. I have a de- Special Ed's one of the first rappers that you got to remember. This is a time, guys, when hip hop still sounded like a hip, a hop, a rip it, the rap. I'm a kick it, dip it, dip it. I'm a fib it, the fab, right? You know. So we got these other guys coming out, and he's like, uh, you know. Uh, what's the song he got? He's like, I got a, I got a solid gold bone. I got a, oh man, I can't think of the lyrics now. Uh, <laughs> I got it made. I got it made. I got it made. Right. I'm your idol. Your highest title. Numero uno. I'm not a Puerto Rican, but I speak it so that, you know, you know, like he was doing a whole different cadence. He had a little bit of an Island accent. So some of his words would come out different. You know, he, looked west indian he had this like tall you know sort of strange demeanor to him you know it was like a different caliber it was you gotta remember this is no gold chains in hip-hop none of this and he's talking about i got it made i live in a palace i got you know ivory gold nice cars ladies people cook for me i mean they still had but they still had people you know i I was trying to think about it actually yesterday about the gold chain and the history of it in hip-hop and um they had it from the beginning. Like, to tell me who didn't. We yeah, we were talking about it. Uh, well, I mean, Tribe Called Quest never wore gold chains. De La Soul nope. never oh, wore gold conscious. chains. Yeah, uh, yeah. Look I, back I at Eric no, no, no. B. Eric conscious B. and Rakim. Rap. Look back at Rakim. He barely had the thinnest chains after he got some success. You that that wasn't a it yeah wasn't no a no no. But Rakim had his. Yeah, it always has been. Look at Rakim when he was with his boy had the hugest freaking chunks. Bro, go okay? back and, and then go back and look at Grandmaster. Rick, Rick. 
Grandmaster Flash, The Furious Five. No gold chains at all, bro. Melly okay. Mel. Well, back then you're uh, talking, The Treacherous yeah, Three. Disco. You know, these dudes had enough bling on them that they didn't need a chain. These guys were wearing gold outfits and shit. You know like what you got to silver... you know you know what you got to research is research when the Dookie chain came in. The Dookie chain was when they took these thin little ropes that, was run DMC. that were worn by the dis- by the disco gods. They had little thin chains, five or six of them, with a little, you know, whatever at the bottom, a Buddha, a, a, a cross, or a little spoon for some Coke, you know? And then, boom, all of a sudden, people were wearing these big, giant, gigantic Dookie chains like EPMD uh, you know, you mentioned Slick Rick, you know, uh, you know, look at the time when people like Mr. T were like coming into than, power, you know. Other than um, the conscious rappers, I mean, I think everybody had chains. I don't name, name up, name anybody. up five to ten artists right now that had gold chains in the 80s. That, uh, in uh, the 80s, you got LL. Let me got you got LL, Run DMC, Kane. Hold on. Uh, Big Go. Daddy Kane. I uh, know uh, you just said. Who? Uh, Eric, Eric, uh, Eric B and Rock. Eric B and Rock They wore uh, EPMD. Uh, wait, yeah, I need one a, more. One more. I need one more. And you I got, what's his name? You got what's his name? Uh, 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 oh, 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 uh, uh, Chub Rock. Boom. Got you. You got. Okay. Uh, say, you got. Uh, do you guys remember the uh, Source magazine? Yes. Yeah. Okay. If yes. you remember the Source magazine, you remember the fake gold chains that they sold in the back of the magazine. Also, if you go back and Google it, do you do your yep. research? There's an article in the Source magazine where Eric Sermon of EPMD talks about his fake Rolex watch. Okay, mm-hmm. he talks about his fake Dookie chain. So when you guys say these guys have gold chains and gold, what's the point? What's the point? Were they Jay Z rich? I don't know. No way. I, they were wearing I, fake no, jewelry no, 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 no. for to give themselves a look. And and much like yeah, I mentioned yeah. in one of our previous episodes, a lot of African Egyptian leaders and rulers wore gold as a symbol. So that thin gold chain from the right. disco era wasn't working no more. I needed something that made me look like an Egyptian god. Rakim. And that uh, started with uh like Africa Bambada and they and all sure. that. They, they brought them big so, ass. So so I'm glad you brought monkeys. that up. I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Yuani. Do you remember the the leather medallions with the Africa symbol on them and the yes, Puerto Rican flag? Do you know why one. they do you know why yeah. they came out with that? Because that was them saying we are anti-gold chain. We do not wear gold. We do not support the apartheid. We do not support mining of with children in the mines of Africa dying daily just so I could sport this gold. It's why gold is out of style right now. It's why you you and I don't have gold on our bodies anywhere, and you don't see anybody in hip hop really bragging about their gold. You got a couple, but not it's not on trend like it was in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, you know. So that's something to look into, man. That's a, you know, like gold and the way it affected the hip hop culture. You know, like I would argue that if you did see Rakim with a gold chain, it most likely, if it was real, it was borrowed, lent, or it was a movie prop, something to wear in a music video, you know? I think I don't think he's one of those that ever cared or showed like that about the the jewelry. It was more about the rapping for him, and and I respect that guy. He's always had respect from everybody in the entire game, and to this day, he's still as hard as ever. Like this guy looks like if he came out, it would feel like he just came out from the eighties. I mean, and I think he still has the same skill, but we'll find out real soon. Um, now you're right. You're right. It was a great question, man. That was a brilliant like think because. 
we we often forget about the gold chain and its impact in hip hop. And you're right. It's such a, it, it may be more than I want to admit. It was a big part of, of a lot of rappers that I listened to. And I want to be that dude that's like, nah, I keep it real, nigga. I keep it real. Fuck that. We don't need all that, you know. But, yeah, but it was, wasn't like that. Exactly. Exactly. No, because like we were talking uh, last time we spoke um, and I had mentioned this little documentary that I happened to watch also on Netflix. And I, I said, I recommend that one with uh, Kanye and it's his old recordings. I think it's called Genius uh, or geez, something like that. Genius, but it spelled like a little different. And um, and it put him right when, you know, y'all all saw the clip when he gets accepted into Rockefeller and he they give him the chain. You know what I mean? And he's like, now I'm part of the Rockefeller crew sporting his chain. It was like your symbol. Like we said, either they gave you the chain and that's if you're a bigger artist. Or you might, if you're an even bigger artist, get the car too, yeah. you know. And these are all things you're paying for anyway, and they're gonna like really yeah, charge you, time. overcharge you. But anyway, um, being signed, the chain has always. So it was it's interesting because I never heard anyone bring it up, but I think it holds a big significance in the rap world, and uh, it still does to this day. You say no, but I say these guys are still out here sporting all the same material things that unfortunately we we promoted. In our time, we've taught to our, like I say, it feel old saying it, like our youth. But yeah, this is the new generation. We've taught them this th- these things. I feel guilty um, because we we did all that. We, we gave them all the bad tools. We gave them some good ones, but we also gave them the bad ones. And now we're trying to tell them, yo, those are bad. But like kids are like, fuck you, I'll learn on my own. Um, but, you know, that's how it is. That's how it, it goes. Well, we're going to tell them, no, bro, it ain't really about the chain. Look at fucking Jay-Z now. This guy is showing you what you can evolve to, you know, and he's showing he's bringing a bunch of people crowd with him, showing people success. Now look at all these Rihanna and all these people becoming billionaires, billionaires. And I'm like, geez, Jay-Z, throw me a life. (laughs) (laughs) We get a life. (laughs) But you know, we, we can't we can't sit here and say that any of those artists you named from the eighties that wore those gold chains are billionaires now. They're not. They're all no, 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 no. That they, those guys, they can't even wear gold now things. if they wanted to. You know? I mean they I got I got I got a flyer right here in front of me. Rock Kim is gonna be performing in Orlando on June eleventh, you know. I would love to to do a count of how many gold chains he's gonna wear that night and how much he's gonna represent that. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Here's the thing. You know, we got to remember, like somebody like him being God body, you know, gold may represent a different thing. That may be an energy stone. You know, it may be something that you use to channel energy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Much like a battery or something. Right. So let's let's put it this way. Like we it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. You know what I mean? Like we're all some old dogs and we are used to wearing those. I may not have it right now, but I always have my chain on. Noslin is not really uh, that kind of materialistic person. He said he's a simplest and he likes the simplistic life and it's cool, respect it. But I'm one of those Cubans that look at gold a different way. I don't know how to tell you unless you're Cuban, but Cubans look at gold differently. Cuban links. You, ever met you, guys, Cuban, you guys invented the Cuban made, link. I can't be I mean, mad at you for that. There's, <laughs> there's no other link better than the Cuban link. For sure. I would rather, that's like saying... And once you eat caviar, like you don't want to eat anything else, like <laughs> that kind of thing. You know, once you've had Cuban Link, I don't want no Figaro, I don't want no rope chain, no anything else. 
there's something about the Cuban link, the way it is rounded and it just rests on you. It's comfy and it looks great. And that's why it's like the Cuban cigar. Everybody loves like that shit. Spokesperson. <laughs> you want? So the spoke. new spokesperson for Cuba. And I, I also have some Cuban art for wanted. sale. <laughs> if you want to purchase it, let me throw that plug on there. Rodriguez <laughs> photo and art. Okay. Brought to you yeah. by the anyway. Foundations of America and the Cubas. <laughs> yes, nice. Anyway, so uh, let's talk about uh, DJ Khaled. Do you think whoa. he would ever have an equal in a in a uh, versus match? Do you think there's anybody good enough to be with him on that same? Doctor Dre. Doctor Dre. You think Dre? Yeah. Dre. Now wait, 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 wait. Because Doctor Dre is not really a DJ. How are we judging this? As a DJ or as a producer? He is a DJ. What are you um, talking about? Well, well, um, DJ Khaled was a DJ, but we're talking about his production value. The the songs he's yeah, we're, we're not we're talking, talking about all the songs that they're yeah. involved in because the, yeah, they were both DJs. I mean, listen, I, I don't know if you guys know. I actually know DJ Khaled very well. Uh, I, I mentioned to you guys in the past that I knew the Warheads crew. Um, and back in the day, I would say this might have been 92-ish, 93-ish, uh, DJ Khaled actually rented some equipment from me, uh, one of which being an SP-1200 and an MPC-2000, uh, okay? Nice. And I remember the reason he rented it is because he didn't know how to use the MPC-60 very well. Uh, and I had the warheads hitting me up like, yo, we know you got that 2000 and you know how to use it. Can you come through and save this session? We heard the 2000 can read the MPC 60 discs. So I made a deal with them. I said, get park studios to, to rent the equipment from me and I'll, I'll show up, you know? So I sat in a studio with Khaled in a time when Khaled didn't know how to make beats very well. All he was, was he was a DJ on WPRK, a local Rollins College radio station here. The reason he was that is because he went to Oviedo High School right here in Orlando, in Oviedo, which is right next to Orlando. He had a store in the Altamont Mall. His parents had a store called Wildside. They sold hip hop fashions. Okay, so as kids in high school, we would go there because they had Timberlands and Nikes. They had New York shit when Florida didn't have that shit nowhere. You had to travel far and wide to find some New York shit back then. So here's no, this kid, here's this Arabic kid named DJ Khaled, right, who got a lot of money, okay, he was driving a BMW at 15 years old, had an MPC-60 in his hand, and he's showing up to the sessions trying to produce beats for the Warheads. He had technique turntables, so he was one of the people back then when it was very hard to get equipment, you couldn't record at home, it was not that simple. It was one of those people that, yo, you need to have this kid in your circle, he got a lot of dope equipment, you know? So the Warheads befriended him and they, they kind of needed me. They was like, yo, bring the equipment through. We're going to have him sit with you and just show him how to work the pads and get shit correct. And every time I tell people this, they're like, no, nah, he's like a super producer. That's bullshit. I'm like, all right, say what you want. But I bet you didn't know he was from Oviedo. I bet you didn't know he went to school with Joey Fratone from what the Backstreet Boys or what was he from? I bet you didn't know he was very rich all his life, you know? And then the next thing is, yeah. is you know, I kind of got a little beef with him, you know? I know the guy. I've worked what? with him. 
I can't call him right now. He's going to pick up a phone or nothing. But I got a little beef with him because he never claims Orlando as his history. He never says, yo, I come from Orlando. Big shout out to my Orlando roots. He always acts like he's from Miami. You know, one of the reasons he gets a New York connotation is because Fat Joe and them needed clothes to wear on stage. And guess what DJ Khaled had? A bunch of clothing stores that his parents owned that all sold New York shit. So you see where a guy in Miami runs into a guy like Fat Joe and says, yo, I'm making beats. I'm a DJ. And I could get you guys in the dopest gear like Carl Kanai and all. And Fat Joe going, yo, I want to wear Carl Kanai. I want to wear cross colors. I want to wear Timberlands. Yo, let's do this. This is before they had their own fashions, you know? So there goes Khaled, moves to Miami, blows up, becomes a New York artist, as people like to swear he's from New York. You know, maybe he got some New York roots in his past. I don't know. I can't verify that, but I do know he went to Oviedo High School. He lived here in Orlando. I definitely rubbed elbows with him, DJ Pro Style, many of the big movers and shakers, you know? we got You guys got to remember, a lot of the shit that came out of Orlando out of here was just being bitten and copied by New York and by L.A. and Texas and all that. They would come here to find dope artists because this was a melting pot. You had every culture here in one little place in this little tiny area where their grandmothers lived. So whenever Fat Joe was on tour, he knew his grandmother lived in Orlando. He could come here. You do, you know, do a little, like you see K Solo walking down the street every day in Orlando. That's because they all have family roots here, you know? So, so anyway, sorry, I get a little, I get a little pee because that nigga don't claim Orlando, bro. And I'm tired of that shit. Orlando deserves his fucking (laughs) name on the map as much as Tampa does too, cousin. You know, big yeah. shout out to you, Tampa boys, bro. Miami's all great yes, and sir. fine and shit, but that's a not that's not Florida. Miami's a whole other country. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Miami is its own thing, but I'm Grand not gonna total. take away from Miami either. I'm, I'm gonna give Miami love, and I hope they give me love. And even if they don't, I'm gonna still give them love because I feel connected to Miami like a cousin. You know what I mean? And uh, that's how it's always felt growing up. And you know, you go visit Miami, people Miami come and visit you. Um, you know, that's just how it is. But when it came to entertainment and music and money, that kind of thing, lifestyle, those where you get separated. Tampa is Tampa and Miami is Miami. It's never been anywhere the same. But we got to taste those flavors. They got to taste ours. But it's not. They're different. And Old Town is Old Town. So, But I am so blessed that we have these places that we could go driving and, and, and experience these whole other cultures and, and mm-hmm. vibes and everything. We got St. Pete, which just has its own vibe, its own culture. So I, I love Florida. I'm gonna be a Floridian until I die. And um, y'all, I mean, everybody thinks now the news is out and everybody wants to come down here now. Florida is all that. I ain't gonna lie, but I want to lie to you and say, don't come. But no, it's the shit. We love it. We <laughs> tell them to stay away. It. Now y'all know it. Don't come down here. It's too many mosquitoes and it's hot. Don't come. We don't yeah. want you. But anyway. <laughs> um, but no, man, I, I would love, I can't, I'm excited that you're on the show, Frankie, because you have a vast knowledge of hip hop and, um, I'm excited to hear your people and stories that, you know, I can't wait to hear more about Khaled uh, that, you know, him. so if you get a word to him, if you could please tell him, uh, DJ Khaled, you do have a skill. I don't know. Obviously you're a businessman. Um, and I, I respect that, but you have a way of getting people together that not too many people could do. And you have a way to get big names all together on one album. So if you could do this, since we're on the subject of old greats, if you could just do a compilation album of all old greats, 
that would be awesome from a hip hop fan. Wow. Okay, wow. Please and thank you, Rock Him. Rock Him deserves to be number one track on that. That's a album. great request, okay. man. That's a great request. You know, and here's the disclaimer I'll give before I end my rant, you know, on, on DJ Khaled. I, these are all <laughs> stories I'm talking about 15, 16 year old us. So the person he's become now, I'm not trying to discredit in any way. Brilliant producer, brilliant businessman. Fa it comes from a family of business people, apparently. Right. You know, so I'm not trying to discredit him in any way. It's just this was the younger us. And I remember us all on the come up. So when I hear certain stigmas or certain stereotypes. Yeah, you never like that. If like people, when they rep Tampa and they're a big name, we uh, we appreciate that shit. You know, it don't matter if it comes out later or it comes out in a hush or a whisper. As long as you say it, we respect it. When uh, what's his name? Channing Tatum is from Tampa. And he, you know, when he mentions it, and we're like, hell yeah, of course. Why not? It's a part of your history. And, and Tampa is like nothing that you should be ashamed of saying. You know what I mean? It's a great place. And then uh, so The Rock, I saw, said, oh, he's got roots in Tampa. He's got to tell you about the times he was in this and this and that. He, he was naming off places in a post online, I think Instagram. And I was like, oh, shit. And um, so, I mean, look at The Rock, who he is. He's one of the biggest names in the entire world. And he ain't scared to rep Tampa. So if you're from Tampa, motherfucker, you better rep the 813, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Tampa's the shit, man. I love you motherfuckers, bro. Tampa's like a kindred spirit, you know? So when I found out Noslin was from Tampa, it was, you know... And, and the thing is, Tampa has come up over the years, you know? As far as hip-hop really? is concerned, you know? Yeah, big time. Big scene <sighs> built out there, you know what I'm saying? And I remember back in the day, Orlando, we would always travel two hours to go out there and enjoy that scene, you know? So I'm glad to see that it's still thriving, especially with you guys, man, holding down the uh, culture for sure. Oh, yeah. So, um, dude, can we talk about uh, Snoop Dogg oh. wanting to be the <laughs> next person to try and buy Twitter? Oh, wow. I mean, what? Can you believe well, that? Why, so Elon Musk was going to do it, right, at first. And then I guess like he, he probably he may have already had a plan from the get go and be like, yo, man, if I you know, buy this Twitter, he, Elon, it ain't going to go over too well. Nah, if you Elon buy it first, it, he looked at then the maybe I could buy it from you. And there, said, "Yo, Ani sees it like it's a street deal. They're in the street, like, yo, cuz yeah. I got this Twitter dog. You want to buy some? Yeah. <laughs> That's how Snoop is, man. That's how Snoop is. It's crazy. You see this guy as big as he is, and he's straight ghetto as always. I, I love him, man. Yeah. So Elon was gonna do it right, and then he decides. He looks at some numbers and goes, you know what? Mm, these numbers look a little inflated. There might be a bunch of like fake or duplicate accounts, right? So." You know, he like backs up and says, well, I don't know. I'm going to hold off a little bit. So then apparently I'm guessing Snoop probably heard about this shit. Right. Because, you know, he had to chime in and be like, yeah, I'm going to do that shit, too. And then he wants to like revamp it and just kind of change everything. Huh. I like his uh, enthusiasm and I like his uh, vision and shit. And I love where he's going in life. But he's got to be scared and, and he got to be careful. Snoop, you're still black. You know, not, not to be saying anything <laughs> piss anybody off. But for real, like oh, shit. they get pissed off. When you go up there, I hope y'all got some great security, Jay-Z and everybody, because these people, like, they really don't like brown and black people. It's crazy. I, I mean, we could go talking about this for another hour. Like, racism <laughs> in America is crazy. Go see that damn <laughs> show. It's like, to this day, everything is played out, and it's all just to make it harder on us. It's really crazy. So for those people that have made it to the top, like Jay-Z, and um, 
Snoop and that. It's like extra applaud. Like, bro, y'all made it against all odds. And look at you. You're with Elon, was Elon Musk level over there trying to buy Twitter. Yeah. I mean, this guy is crazy. Snoop is you can't, you can't spread it, uh, uh, Snoop. But my favorite thing was like on Twitter because you know I follow him and shit. So he says, he says, I'm gonna replace the board of directors on Twitter with uh, Jimmy from My Corner Fish Fry, Tommy Chung, and that guy with the ponytail on Stop. CMC. Stop it, <laughs> <laughs> Snoop's a gangster, bro. He Yo, he it. said you know, that's that wild, Jimmy bro. That shit is fry. wild, bro. You know why yeah. it's wild? Because, because you know, we're in an era right now where you hear these terms thrown around a lot. You guys may have heard the black Twitter or, yeah. uh, you know, what about black Instagram? Oh, what about black TikTok? Right. You know, yeah. so I think in a lot of ways he might be trolling on some like, let me fuck with Elon. But, you know, I could I might be able to finagle my own little little, you know, I could see his I could, black Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. But uh but anyway, uh I love Snoop. Jesus. I love uh people that make a difference in this world. Keep making a difference, Snoop. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Yo, Keep man, pissing people glitter. off. We cannot glaze yeah. past that, bro. That was fucking brilliant. Glitter. Like that's 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 pretty good. Yo, so, yo, yo, so here. you need a job in Silicon Valley. Nasan, where did you find this guy, bro? Bro, I I, I found him at a uh, at a reunion for uh for uh our alma mater. Wow. Wow. Yeah. School buddies. Look at that shit. It, you, the crazy part about it is that a lot of the people that went there, we all kind of went to school at the same time, but since we all hung out and like our own little cliques and shit, it just kind of like never, you know, you know what? never across paths. You like, know how, uh, you know how, um, like, 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 what's his name? Who I think it was Dr. Dre. Who these people? Some of these people that went to high school together. I forgot who was it. No, it was Buster Rhymes, Fat Joe, um, somebody else. I can't think of. But there's there's some high schools like a hip hop high school, and yeah. uh, that's how I kind of feel like Leto kind of because it was a very hip uh, Hispanic heavy uh, school, mm-hmm. and um. It was at a time we were there that was high, you know, hip hop was our lives. That's that's what it was. So um, a lot of people that came out of there always had the love for hip hop. And when you, and I see him bump into some people and I see their faces and they're from Mato from my era and they're still involved in hip hop or uh, around it or, or or still talk about it. You just still feel it in the, the way that they dress or the way that they look. And it's just hip hop is who we are. It's in us. You know what I mean? We are hip hop. We live. We keep it going. We love the genre, and we keep it going. And every bit that we can, we do our part. You may be a rapper. You may be an artist. You may be a DJ, producer, podcaster. No matter what, that's we beautiful. keep the love alive because we love it. That's that's who we are. So it is until we die. We'll be like, yeah, <coughs> rap, Snoop Dogg. Rap, that's beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. Beautifully keep, keep, said. Spirit alive, yeah, man. Keep the spirit alive. Uh, hip hop culture has been amazing. Uh, it's helped me through a lot of shit in my life, man. I remember dealing with breakups with girls, and then listening to some songs that like made me feel better. Um, you know, like learning to cope with certain shit just through music. You know, and and hip hop played a big part of all of that. I think. Um, I guess it's because like I started so early in life. I had an older cousin named Mario. Shout out my idol. What up? Um, he, uh, he had this, uh, he had a cutlass, you know, from like the eighties, you know what I mean? You talking about, um, Iglesias, you talking about another one? No, 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 my, my, 
my, my oh. cousin uh, Mario. Uh, Iglesias oh. is a good one too, but uh, <laughs> no, nah, my cousin Mario. So uh, he he had this cutlass, and I remember um, first song I ever heard uh, hip hop wise to like kind of get me started was um, uh, Sir Mix a Lot Posse on Broadway. Ooh, ooh, Posse on Broadway. Exactly. Oh, bro, come on, exactly. bro. That's a sleeper that album. Time. That's a sleeper, sleeper album, bro. I listened to that album, album so many times. I still have that album. But that's my point, though. I got a whole bunch of I started off with that, right? So we're in his cut list with the bass, and it's just like trunk rattling, and it's my posse's on Broadway, and like I fell in love with that shit. I don't know what the fuck it was uh, that yeah. day, but I just like, this is the Kill. greatest thing ever. Beautiful and intro I never to hip-hop. Beautiful intro to hip-hop, my brother. Bro, it was- My me. intro was- uh. Uh, Run DMC and uh, I know I've told Nas already several times, but Run DMC and um, uh, Beastie Boys was yep. my intro. Okay, yep. okay, That's some good work right there. Same, uh, my, same my, label, my neighbor. same label. Wait a minute, but we'll wait a minute. Forgive you. So, 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 Frankie, wait a minute. What was your, what was your uh, intro? What was yours? Wow. So, being from the Bronx, uh, being that my father and mother grew up, they came, you know, they were of age that hip hop was around in their time. So a lot yeah. of my uncles and my friends, my father's friends and mother's friends would carry boom boxes, wear pumas. It, you know, I learned how to break dance. He's been listening to us since the womb. Yeah. You know, I have since been, the man. womb. He's been doing. I mean, you're talking the, you know, the I, I'm born in the late '70s, so by the time I'm even like, you know, five years old or whatever, it's got to be like '82 or something like that. You know, so I'm, that's when. Yeah things started to stick to me i vividly remember slick rick being one of my first albums and my father gave me it on vinyl as a young very i'm talking i might have been eight nine years old and he's like here's your first record and he bought me slick rick so and you it's, know it's only because he would play the radio and i'd hear this song called lottie dottie and i would the recite the words so he brought it to me like here yeah, i think you like this i still have that vinyl to this day man so it'd be slick you need rick, to take a picture with it you know for sure bro for sure you know big shout out to my father mr z man for getting me that that first record i i was in the mix bro i was in the mix i'm sure you know oh, you guys you're reeking up. in the house i mean Naslin talked about mario and whatnot i'm sure you guys grew yeah. up around it too you know you had that like someone else Kind of interesting, you know, so I don't want to give you know, I don't want to give all well, the credit to my father. I'm sure there was some other places I was getting influence, but you know what I'm saying? That that's it's a beautiful thing. You man, had the salsa, can, the man oh, for sure, for sure, you had for sure, bro. For, Puerto for Rican breakfast. I'm New Yorkian, man. For dinner, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, so, New so what house. do we got going over here? Because I hear you guys talking a little bit about your. Uh, you're like, hey, you know, we went to the school and. There was a lot of Hispanics oh, yeah. here, oh, and I hear Noslin throwing around Viejita, you know, mira eso, eh, you know, and I'm like, whoa, 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 you know. So yeah. uh, what, what are we, had, what are we, we working with um, here, Tampa boys? <laughs> so, so we had this. I mean, I knew. No. I had a feeling you were going to be Puerto Rican, and then I looked at your page yeah. and saw Puerto Rican. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm sort of Rican. I'm New Yorican, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah you're now, York, you you know? now. Have you been to Puerto Rico? One time in my whole life. One time, nice. I'm ashamed of you. Get, my parents get, get live there. Here. My grandparents come from there. You know, my mother was born Does. there. My father was born in New York. I ended up a New Yorker that don't speak no Spanish, bro. I don't know how to describe it. Oh, you know? I mean, I'm, I can't. I can't hate on you not speaking the language because I didn't get to teach my kids, so I, I can't. 
judge that, you know, being that I didn't do it. <laughs> you know, I feel bad that I didn't. But, um, you know, it's different when you're in a household and you're the only one that's speaking the Spanish. So, it, you know, when, you talk, when I talk to my wife, I speak to her in English. So they hear English. You know what I mean? I could have spoken to them in Spanish, but it's different. Oh, you know, it's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They heard it spoke in the house as English. That's tough. But anyway, um, but, but they, you know, they still know the culture and stuff. It's just not the language. So you take away from it. Because when you go to these countries, you know, they're going to talk to you in Spanish and you're like, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I, I, you're like, I, I struggled out there. Translator. I struggled out there. So, but anyway, um, Puerto Rico, I mean, one thing about Puerto Rico is that I had one of the things I admired about them is they always seem to be connected to their family and their family in Puerto Rico. And all these New Yorkians would be in, in Puerto Ricans that are in Tampa would always go back home and they come back and they get to do that. I was jealous as a Cuba. We don't get to do that. You know, <laughs> y'all could come and go as you please. So uh, y'all did. And it was cool. It was beautiful. So I'm surprised that you only went once. But um, yeah, New Yorkans are their own breed. And then you got them Puerto Ricans from Orlando. They're their own breed because there's a whole bunch of Puerto Ricans in Orlando. Like, I don't know if y'all know, like Orlando came and said, sure, Invite half the island over and we'll pay them. <laughs> okay. Shout out, shout out Kissimmee. Shout out to Kissimmee. I mean, beautiful. If you go to Orlando, so many beautiful people. Because thanks to Puerto Ricans, man. Puerto Ricans are <laughs> some beautiful women on the planet. Thank Big you, my Cuban brother. Rico. Thank you, my Cuban brother. Thank you. <laughs> Got it. Hey, so... Um, let, let's get into this. Hold on, because uh, I, I wanted oh, to finish, I wanted to finish out the story about Leto, right? So the whole thing was, Frankie, right. we uh um we had this group, right? It was like a, a group for everybody from there. We're all just kind of like you know, kind of putting memories and talking and like catching up and shit. And then one day they're like, "Hey, let's do this reunion." And uh, it started off. We did this reunion it was in St. Pete Beach. Went to this dope ass hotel, met up with like mad heads, man. Started like making connections again that from people that like I couldn't believe that, um, you know, like we all went to school. We just never really like got to that point. You know what I mean? Like we all knew each other, but we never really like hung out on those levels. Right. Until we were older. And then we had a second one. Now on the second one was where Ioani came into play. So we went to this place called C1949. It's here in Tampa. It's this really dope. What was the first one? Uh, the first one was in St. Pete at uh, what the hell was the name of that place? It's the huge picture that we have on the. Uh, um, that's the first one that I went to, man. You're not paying attention. Did you go uh, to that one too? I, I, I'm the one that took that picture. <laughs> oh, that's right. I wasn't God. That's right. So that's that was that was the first part, right? So he took the picture of that. Then on the second one is when we actually linked up and started talking about podcasting and all this other shit, and then. It evolved into. No, the- what happened? See, what had happened was what had happened. This was. guy here, he can't hold his liquor, so um, <laughs> he probably was a little tipsy the first time I, I never around. Said I was a good drinker. I, I said it a million times. I'm like, I'm not. If, if not I can good. recall, if I can recall, the first time around, you had a good time, and I think, if I don't know, you, didn't you get drunk and leave? I don't uh, remember. No, I, I got I got really drunk, and I said I'm not going to make a fool of myself, so I went to my <laughs> room. Very smart. Very and I smart. laid down in my room and then later on everybody else came and we all hung out and talked. But like, yeah, I was like, I was too, I, I got too drunk and I knew it and I didn't want to like be slow. So you got a, you got a room there at the place. That's cool. Good, smart idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't going to drive you. This guy, let's give it up for uh, Naslin. He does, he plans things out sometimes. Sometimes right. he doesn't. Smart but fella. Sometimes he thinks things through. But um, 
Then uh, the the second time around, because the first time I believe I can't remember if you said something about the podcast. I was like, cool. But then the second time around, because that you know I'm a, a hip hop fan, so I was like, damn, that would be dope. That's that's awesome. And the second time around, I didn't really get to talk to you. Maybe you got drunk or left, but I uh, <laughs> saw you. And then I was like, yo, man, that's about that podcast. I think I mentioned something about it. What's up? Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. um, I think we did speak about it the first time. But then the second time is when you were, you know, were able to speak. Yeah, we actually got to, like, really and, uh, talk, like talk about the actual process. And and then uh, I think you got a little bit messed up then, too, and threw up. But it's okay. No I one did. It was out. awesome. It happens, bro. It's, it's okay. Awesome. It's okay. It happens. It was awesome. Just, you know. <laughs> but as long as you what remember the conversation, that's all that matters. And then you hit me up, or I hit you up, and we got it going. And then it's been a beautiful little ride for the last what two years or so. Two years now, yeah, nice, yeah. nice, nice. Wow. Well, so Matt you guys and- started like right at the uh, pre-COVID sort of vibes, and then jumped yeah, in. Yeah. It. Wow, yeah. wow. Right, right COVID. Matter of fact, yep. It was pre-COVID. When was it that it started originally? Was it three or two and a half or somewhere around there? Two. two yeah, and we half, like, I think it was like February in 2020. February. But anyway, yeah. Um, around in there. Jocelyn yeah. is, uh, he knows his knowledge and has his views, and I know some and know, have my views. And plus, I'm just an entertaining, charismatic individual. I would tell you why. You're, uh, abs- so you're absolutely it, it, right. Because yesterday, when we hooked up on Skype, we had a little private meeting. And uh, first time I met you, bro, and you look like a Sherpa. You had the throw rug. You had a throw rug over one shoulder. You look like a Buddhist monk meets samurai soldier meets yes. Cuban Taino warrior. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, what's going on over here? And, yeah. you know, it, it was amazing to meet you, man. For the first time, you know, me, you and Noslin kicking it. And then when you go see somebody offline, like I got to see you in the metaverse. I hopped into yeah. your, I went into your profile. I checked out. I was like, oh shit, bro. Larger than life, bro. You should be, yeah. instead of Banksy, you should be Yanksy, bro. You know what I'm saying? Oh shit. The Yanksy. Uh, it's too too close to Yankee. And I like to represent my uh, Southern roots. Yeah. Shit. And Mr. Well, Noslin, um, Mr. Noslin, like a speed dating round. So uh, <laughs> where do your people come from? What Indian uh, tribe do are you bestowed so, from, uh, my friend? So we we we're we're also Cuban. Um, uh, born there though. Yeah, we, I'm a real Cuban. I was we, born whoa, in Cuba. Oh, whoa. see see how he throws. He likes whoa, Cubans or people from his, Hispanic countries. They like to throw that out first. But I was born there, or I know the language <laughs> because you know threw that out first. Yeah, yeah I got to, uh, got to. See, so I was born there. Uh, um, we my, my parents they left uh they left Cuba like a year after I was born. Uh, we went to Spain, uh, lived there for a while. My dad like just worked like odd end jobs to save up money to get us a flight to New York. Once we had everything good there, we got a flight, went to New York, went to Ellis Island. Okay. Nice, nice. Green cards. You're welcome. And then left there. And the first U.S. city that I ever lived in was Chicago, Illinois. Although um, when anybody asked me like what I truly rep, I always say Tampa because this is where I truly grew up. Uh Chicago was my roots and I never let go of it. Wow. Like, um, cause we didn't have a baseball team. Like Tampa didn't have a baseball team back then when we first got here. So the only team that we could watch was the Cubs. So I've got my, you know, all my Cubs shit, you know, shirts, fucking hats, all that kind of stuff. But I've also got my rays. I've got my bucks. I've got my bears. I've got all these fucking things, but I never forget, you know, I know where I started. 
but I rep for where I'm at and I never forget about any of those things. So like when people say, well, That's where very, are you originally from? I'm like, well, Chicago technically, but I rep Tampa. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I think that's very important to uh, coming from a black brown uh, community. Uh, rather, you know, what, wherever you are, there's black and brown. It's very respected where to rep where you're from and um, also in the hip hop culture. So that's and you can never forget your roots. Definitely. You have to rep where you're from, but never forget your roots. So that's why I understand why it bothers you that Khaled doesn't want to rep Old Town. <laughs> yeah. so, oh, uh, so Khaled. You better rep Old Town before Frankie comes at you. <laughs> Come correct. Come correct, bro. All right. So, all right, fellas. Well, that is going to bring us to the end of the show. Thank you. Thank you to everybody who tuned in this week. You already know who it is. You're born OS. You can catch me on Twitter at The Real Noslin. You can check me out on Insta at The Real Noslin. If you want to follow the show, it's The Core Culture Pod on Facebook. Twitter and then Zero C Media over on Instagram. Yuani, where can they find you? Rodriguez Photo and Art. There's a little logo behind me. It's backwards though, but um, I have to figure that out. Um, it um, on Facebook or Instagram. Also, Hip Hop underscore Podcast. Another place you could find me. But anyway, <clears throat> to say it's been a pleasure, Frankie, having you. This is a, a, a monumental, historic show. Having three people here, uh, the co-hosts, and uh, it's been a. It's gonna be, it's, I'm excited for the future to see because we're gonna just feed off each other. Only problem we'll have is just trying to fit it all in a time of an <laughs> hour and uh, trying to, you know, not jump on each other, cutting each other off. Other than that, because you know we all have a lot to say. But um, yeah, I like that. There's just another point of view, another opinion, something else to bounce off of, some more info, some another, you know everything so it's a, it's gonna be awesome and uh i like it and plus we get to um venture out to orlando and get to see this hip-hop community and get to report on that and him that knows extensively the hip-hop community and that's what some of the things i was going to ask you but you know time flies and uh, on the next one definitely want to know what's come out of o-town and more about the warheads and we'll be discussing about going to see rock him on the 11th so all this will be wonderful news that i suggest y'all tune into it's been a pleasure you want it out my brother, yes my and brother. then uh frankie man let them know where they can find you bud my guys my guys before i go into that man i want to thank you guys for having me on as always man it's it's a weird thing where you know uh it's it's like you guys years ago you built it you know you, it was that you build it and they will come sort of thing <laughs> Uh, and it's great to just find like-minded spirits and people that want to go in sort of on the same level, man. So, you know, blessed as always to be here. It's such a privilege to learn about you guys and kind of get thrown into the circle with you. Um, amazing conversations today. We went back on some crazy shit. And I know we, you know, and I know we're cutting each other off and, and all that, but that's because this is our first sparring session. So, you know, just like, you know, you just joined the dojo. You're going to throw some wrong punches. The master's going to look at you like, hmm. You know, Nasson's <laughs> coming in like, hmm. You have <laughs> violated the rules. 20 push-ups. You know, so <laughs> it happens. You know what I mean? But, I, you know, I'm sure no, over I'm, time I'm, we'll smooth these no things out, man. It. Nah, my brother, listen. I, over time, we're going to smooth these things out. We're all passionate. That's one of the things I love about what I'm seeing is that looking at the ingredients being thrown on the plate right now, we got three passionate motherfuckers who have three very 
different but yet similar perspectives on the hip hop game, you know, uh, and just life in general, man, you know, even beyond this hip hop shit, you know, life in general. So and, you know, I learned a lot about you guys, man, the whole like background thing and c- getting real personal at the end there, you know, it was it was yeah. it was quite amazing. We're, we're man, representing- but- we're gonna have to uh, change it to the Tino uh, hip hop show. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. We're representing Cuba, you know Puerto right. Rico. We're gonna have to have a. It's going down. Native it's going American down. Listen, wait, wait till we get into this shit for real. People, I think people are going to start to pay attention, man. But to uh, to round back and uh, answer your original question, you guys can find me online at uh, on Instagram at Frankie Hovers. Uh, my drone crew is at flying junkies as well we're kind of a a mix it's a conglomerate of things going on there check us out there man we're straight out of orlando we're bringing shit to you live and raw my whole goal was to uh bring you know the culture here back which is which is what i noticed you guys were doing so it's one of the reasons why i was like yeah i'll carry a flag with you guys to the top of that mountain i'll put a backpack on i'll bring a a mining pan and some spam cans you know what i mean we can we can traverse this shit. So big shout out to the Cold Culture Podcast. My boy Nas holding it down. Noslin, number one You're Cubano out. from from Tampa, repping shit You're real out. raw. <laughs> my boy Yoani, aka Yo, what you know? Here we go, my bro. Yo, down, man, such a pleasure to rep with you guys, man. Tune in, lock in. We over here now. It's your boy Frankie Hubbard's world famous flying junkies, and I'm out, people. Uh, yeah, hell yeah. All right, everybody. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you to everybody again who tunes in each and every week. Remember, the Core Culture Podcast comes out every first and third Sunday of the month. Uh, We have completed May, so get ready for June. Got a lot coming up, a lot more shows, a lot more changes. Stick around. This shit's going to get good. uh, Tell them about, don't forget, um, who we have listening and that they can find us also on YouTube. Yes, sir. Oh, and then if uh, you want to check it out, just go straight to my YouTube channel. Just look up uh, the Core Culture Podcast. It'll bring it up. You can watch the video there. But really, if you just go to zerochillmedia.com, you're going to get the video. You're going to get the audio. You're going to get everything that you guys want there for the show. But either way, we're out of here, man. Peace, everybody. Enjoy uh, the rest of your Sunday. Hope everybody is ready for the next one. Peace.